Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here with me today to greet once again my friend and colleague and um, the coach whom I really admire, Betty George. Um, you may recall Betty joined me last year almost exactly on this date, and we had a show about ringing out the old year and ringing in the new year. And this year, Betty and I are going to return to that topic, but I want to tell you that she is a uh, a wise colleague and coach who has really been coaching for a dozen years. She has um, such perspective, and many people seek you, Betty, for that perspective. Welcome to the show this morning again. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I remember last year that we um, we really wanted people to understand the difference between setting an intention for the new year versus setting New Year's resolutions or goals. And so for those of you who really want to dive into that and understand um, sort of why the whys and hows of setting intention, I strongly recommend you go back and listen to that podcast. Today we're going to take it in a slightly different direction. We're going to use the same ideas about setting intention for the new year and celebrating and honoring the year we've just had. But we're going to give you a different practice and a different framework, something new to play with. Um, so, with no further ado, um, Betty, I know that um, you and I both last year on the air, we, we did have this conversation about setting intentions, and we actually set our own intentions <laughs> on air for everybody to hear. And I think an important part of our process here is to share what happened um, for the two of us. So maybe you could just take us back in time to that conversation and give us just a quick refresher on what is an intention. And well, we'll give ours. It, it's really interesting what has happened over the last year since we, we did this program. It, it, from my perspective, an intention is uh, a determination um, to act in a certain way or to be, to be a certain way. It's a purpose, a, a design. It's different from a resolution, which feels like something you have to live up to. It's more... Uh, a purposeful kind of reminder, and, and certainly we have we have found that setting the intention had a, in front of all of these people on the uh, on, on the radio show that we really it had a lot of power. It, it, we lived with these intentions all year long, right? We sure did. <laughs> we knew we knew what we had said actually, yeah. and I remember we talked about it a yeah. lot during the year. Yeah. And 
and I, I'm curious, you know, do you recall what your intention, and of course you do, what, what do. was your intention? My, my intention was to be connected, to be fully connected to the people in my life, fully present uh, to, the, to my family, to my clients and friends and colleagues, and to the earth. Uh, so, so as we move into this conversation, I, I think we can talk about what we learned from that. But the word connection was the word that guided me through the year. So that was the big kind of theme of yeah. your intention was yeah. to connect. Yes, that's so to be great. Thank you. To the life I have, and be connected to those that I that are in it with me. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said those words about being present to the life you have. Um, you know, last year we talked about the fact that, you know, you're, one of your guiding mantras really for your, your work as a coach is to help people be present to the lives that they already have in order to leave the lives they can imagine. Exactly. And I think that that, that phrase very much um, speaks of you to me. And I think it gives uh, a clear message to people who are listening. Be present to the life you have in order to imagine and lead the life you really want. So um, so my intention, Betty, do you remember? I'll tell you mine, I guess. Um, mine was to choose ease. Uh-huh. And um, the idea was that instead of trying to do everything the very best possible way or, you know, always um, choosing like the, the highest quality solution and ultimately creating more work for myself, I would ask myself the question, you know, you know, what's the easiest way to do this well? And that was a real, um, it really opened up a lot of new possibilities for me. We will talk about that in a, in a little while. But so yours was the big theme of connection to family and friends and clients and the natural world. And mine was to choose ease, right? Right. Okay, good. So I wanted, before we go deeply into that, and we will in just a moment, I wanted to just spend a second talking about why. You know, this year our show title is Old Lang Syne, Ringing Out 2012 and Welcoming 2013. And so the ringing out part, um, we think this is very important at the end of the year to pause and really reflect on the year that you've just lived. Can you say something, Betty, about the need that we have for this and the power of doing that? Well, you know, I think... It's about living life with consciously, from my perspective. Um, it, it's about pausing and, and taking stock, uh, looking back at, with gratitude and appreciation. And I think also for me, um, it, and I think for my clients, it's that's incredibly important in order to be able to focus that energy and attention forward to identify the areas. Uh, the parts of our lives that we want to look at more closely for this year. There's another aspect. Last year we spent most of our time really uh, focusing in gratitude and appreciation for what had what we had accomplished, for who we uh, who we had become, for um, appreciation of the people around us, uh, our teams, our the, our the people that we work with. And I think this year I am uh, also trying to be a little more realistic in terms of the recognition of the context in which we're, we're living, um, the uncertainty we are in. And so I think as we ring out 2012, that's a consideration that maybe is more in the forefront of my thinking this morning 
than it might have been last year. So you're saying that it, it, you know, reflecting on the year of your own life is really important, as important as ever, and it's valuable for us to step back and look at the larger context of 2012, what's happening all around us. And you're referencing uncertainty. What, what do you mean? Well, I think, you know, there's a tendency, at least for me and many of my clients, to want to be sure of the future to want to have some, uh, to imagine that we have some sort of ultimate control over things. And I think this year has been a year that has really reminded many of us that we are living in uncertain times. And so how do we, uh, so at this time of the year, I think that's a piece I want to, I want to really talk about with you and to own a bit and to, figure out uh, what I uh, can manage and control and what I need to let go of. I'm doing this with many of my clients right now who are feeling the anxiety of uncertainty uh, that's all around us. And I, th- I think that's, uh, that's, to me, is quite different than the space I was, I was occupying a year ago. Thank you for, for elaborating on that. As I'm, as I'm also taking in what you're saying, it, it's um, reminding me of the work that we do with vision, where we're really saying, "Yes, you know, yeah. look out to the future, but stand in the present yeah. and look around you and tell yourself the truth about what is happening in the world right now." So the vision needs to be very much anchored in the current reality. Um, and that's always a part of our vision process at Nebo. But I think so often we just kind of want to row the boat into the future and get out of the present moment as fast uh-huh. as we can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And maybe, maybe we, we actually really benefit. We, I know that we benefit from, from looking around us and saying, okay, like it or not, this is where we are right now. There's this fiscal cliff, uh, dramatic language from the media about the financial situation. There's a terrible tragedy that happened in Connecticut um, last Friday and the heartbreak uh, for all of us, especially for the families um, affected. There's this hope and the excitement of happening, you know, as we kind of head into a new year and uh, the potential uh, of a, uh, a turning of the tides, which I think this particular period in time is giving us. I think there's a sense coming out of the Institute for Transformational Leadership launched last week that, you know, we can do something in the world. And so, you know, I, th- I think there's a sort of a strange blend of mm-hmm. things to look forward to and also some, some really sobering realities. I think that's right. I think um, it, it, it was an interesting juxtaposition for us coming out of the, uh, the launch of the Institute last week, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, which I assume many of our leaders know a little bit about, but a time of a conversation of of hope and of stewardship towards uh, a better future, um, and then at pretty much at the same time we were in that conversation on Friday morning, this tragedy was occurring in Connecticut, and and it's I think that's the reality of our life. We've got, we, we have heartbreak, we have reason for hope. And, 
we, my sense is, and many of my clients, I think, are in this space, we need to be very conscious of this, to live our life consciously and be fully present to what is going on uh, around us and within us. So as we're thinking about this idea of ringing out the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of like the metaphor of the bell, you know, the ringing, because that bell in a way, it, it rings joyfully. It's sort of jingling yeah. about the wonderful learning and growth and events that may have happened this year for you in your lives. And then on the other hand, it could also be a bell tolling, you know, tolling and, and a sort of a warning bell, an awakening bell, inviting us to pause and pay attention to the world that we're in. And I and I think that we're, you know, as, as we reflect on this, it's really okay is what I hear you saying. Yeah. It's it's okay to take in the, the, the enormity and, and the significance of what's happening around us and to remind ourselves of who we are in all of this and how we're living our lives and what difference we're making and how we're growing. That's important, too. Absolutely. So, in ringing out the old year, we have just a couple of minutes, but I would like to ask you, Betty, what is it that you are... Um, ringing out in 2012. You know, what's what? What are you kind of uh, noticing that happened this year that you want to acknowledge? Well, several things. In terms of, uh, I was looking at some of the questions we talked about last year, and one was the biggest triumph for for the year. And I think for me, and I imagine for for you perhaps as well, was the launch of the, uh, the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. It's, it's been an incredible uh, year of envisioning and bringing the vision alive and launching it finally this last week. So I think that's triumphant. It, it is so much potential for the future and uh, for really affecting positive change and, and for the power of the collective, uh, what creative people can do when they come together and think and reflect and so that is a triumph, absolutely. And what I learned um, is, is this, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days. Uh, I have said to Kate many times that uh, when you're in your 70s, as I am, a vision, it's hard to go out 10 years and imagine that maybe I do my visioning in one-year increments, but I've learned something about that. Uh, and that is that it's important for me. This is a very personal Kind of view now that I have I have expanded. It's very important for me to hold a vision for the future of uh, that, that's way beyond the time I will be on this earth. A vision of the future of this earth uh, healing itself. A vision of the future where people are coming together in ways that we can't even imagine right now. And so I I think for me that's the biggest the biggest learning that I have had is that I can hold a vision for the future that's beyond a year. <laughs> and it's important for me to do so. And, and for those listening, you may remember from the last show that Betty was pointing out that sometimes it's daunting, um, mm-hmm. particularly when you're um, sort of um, toward the, the last chapter. Uh, I don't think the last chapter is the words that you would like well, to say. I, I, think it, I think I did say that, actually. Yeah, you might have said that. <laughs> um, but, you know, to kind of keep looking to the future. So I'm fascinated by what you've learned about this and how holding 
a bigger future vision can really be sustaining for you. So when we come back from the break, Betty will talk a little bit more about that. Thank you for joining me today. This is Kate Ebner. My guest is Betty George, and we'll be right back. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network do you want to take your organization to the next level the nebo company develops leaders teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email... Please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. My guest today is Betty George, a top leadership and life coach who frequently collaborates with me at the Nebo Company and bringing visioning to leaders. Um, Betty and I are following up on last year's show. We actually did a show about ringing out the old year and ringing in the new year on December 19th, 2011. So we're back again to talk about what we learned and to help you find a new way this year to uh, close the year and open up 2013. Um, so Betty, right before the break, you said something fascinating. You said that while you at one point had been resistant to visioning beyond a year, this year you learned something about holding a vision that extends beyond even the realistic span of your lifetime same yes. and that has been that has been a really powerful shift for me and has been a kind of way of sustaining um, my commitment to myself and to this world it's really been interesting I think a huge shift actually and what does it give you would you say um well, it gives me it, it gives me a sense of uh, being belonging, of uh, being connected back to my last year's uh, intention in a way that uh, goes on for eternity, if you will. 
it's very hard to put it into concrete words. Um, it's very grounding for me, and it provides me with uh, a feeling of hopefulness and uh, continued contribution. I love it. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. I didn't know you were going to say that today, and I'm glad you did. And I think that that sense of being connected even beyond the span of a life and of being relevant every minute of a life, you know, versus thinking, oh, you know, my time, I have a limited amount of time, you know. So that is great to hear you talk about that. And, you know, we wanted to also just talk briefly a bit more about um, the experience of living with an intention last year, because we really put it out there for our listeners that an invitation to, to, you know, swap out setting a resolution for holding an intention. And that was such a powerful experience for each of us. How did you, how did it play out for you? Well, what, what was so interesting was how often you and I, in our frequent conversations, would laugh and say, oh, here it is again. I mean, it, the, the, we both were struck by the fact that just making this intention in, in, to the whole world <laughs> somehow kept it in the present moment for each of us, I think, in ways that, so I made conscious choices. Uh, many times during the year saying, ah, connection was what I was, uh, I, I was, is my intention and this is the way I want to connect with this individual or with this idea or with this set of circumstances. The word was with me all the time and popped up everywhere. Hmm. Yes, I, we did talk about it a lot, and I wonder, you know, as I think about our listeners who might have listened to both shows, maybe a good piece of advice for everybody is to share your intention mm-hmm. with kind of a journey partner who can can talk about it with you through the course of the year, because you and I did do a good job of noticing when each other was in a situation where sticking to our intention actually gave us a different choice than we might have made otherwise. You Absolutely. know, and. It, I can see that. And, you know, my intention was to choose ease. And I was, I was struck as I practiced that by how well things went with less effort. It really worked. And I'm, I'm tempted to keep choosing ease <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> I think that was a good intention for me. Well, I observed you choosing ease repeatedly. And I know it did work for you. I can, I'm your witness <laughs> to that. Mm-hmm shift that occurred for you. Well, and I think the big revelation for me was by choosing ease without compromising quality. So I really did mm-hmm. not frame this for myself thinking, okay, I'm choosing like the shortcut that's going to be less good. I, I instead asked myself all the time, I think I asked myself all the time in 2012, um, is there an easier way to do this mm. of the or of the options present at the moment, what would be the easiest solution and will it still work? You know, so I, I felt like I was consciously choosing ease, and um, even my team here at Nebo would ask me, "Kate, if we choose ease, what will we do?" <laughs> I said, "Great." So it was good. It was it was a, it was the way to go. For everybody out there who hasn't yet decided to choose ease, <laughs> I highly <laughs> recommend it. Um, so as we're going into this, um, as we're going into this next process of of ringing out this year, you know, you and I talked a little bit, Betty, about wanting to give people something new. And um, we both often refer to the work of the poet David White, and he wrote a beautiful book called 
the three marriages that we both use with our clients and that we talk about sometimes in terms of our own life. The Three Marriages is a prose book. Even though um, White is a poet, this is not a poetry book. This is a prose book, and it really talks. He really illustrates the fact that we are in a relationship throughout our entire lifetime. Um, that you know that with really sort of probably more than three, but three primary focuses. One is the relationship of ourself with ourself over time. And I love this relationship because when you think about what that means, imagine yourself when you were small, maybe five years old, and you think about the way you talked to yourself and the way you saw the world and the relationship you had with the world as that five-year-old person. And then you can think of yourself maybe as a 12-year-old person or a 20-year-old person, a 30-year-old person, and so forth. And you can see that your relationship with yourself, what you believed about yourself, what you believed about the world shifted and evolved and changed and expanded as you grew and experienced life and learned more. You know, so this idea of being in a relationship with yourself, or as he would say, a marriage of self to self, is um, really an interesting uh, framework. Um, and then there are two other marriages. Um, would you like to describe that maybe one of those two? Well, this, the, the one we usually think of when we think of marriage is the marriage to other, the marriage to a significant other in our lives. Uh, and then the, the, the third one is our marriage to work. Um, it, it, David White is so inspirational to me when he speaks of work as being the way that we uh, connect to the world. It's the way that we reveal ourselves to the world. Um, so he speaks of, the, of these three marriages as uh, lifelong commitments and that they are all woven together. And not only do we need to be in conversation with each, but we, they need to be in conversation with each other, which is kind of an interesting idea. Um, and so, Kate, I, 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 the thing that first struck me about this framework was the idea of weaving together a life rather than balancing our life and our work. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the fact that each of the marriages is uh, non-negotiable. They're there. They're part of us. They are part of the way we need to be. Uh, and that to try to balance one against the other is a huge weight. And, you know, I felt that for so long before I had a, frame, a different way of looking at my work and my life. He he has helped enormously for me and for me with my clients to begin to think of this as a, a, I think of it as a weaving together of three marriages. I think that interconnectedness, the interrelatedness is really key. You know, and I'll tell you, Betty, that I once um, took the three marriages, a concept into an executive team, and we were doing kind of a a renewal sort of, you know, let's get energized exercise before doing some strategic planning. And I asked everyone to draw a picture of themselves in, a, in each of the three marriages. And what was fa- happened fa- was fascinating. Everybody took the crayons and the paper and kind of, you know, laughed and started to sketch. And I asked them to do first, you know, your relationship of self to self. And people drew these things that surprised me. Like one person drew this big smiling head with big red lips and kind of underneath the big head there was a line 
going directly across horizontally. And then the body was a tiny stick figure under the line. And Mm. she said, this is my relationship to myself. She said, to the whole world, I'm this big smiling face who can do anything. Underneath, I'm ignoring everything. This little piece. And somebody else drew this crazy, like, eight-headed beast and said, (laughs) you know, this is me. You know, I have 12 arms and eight heads, and I'm trying to multitask. And we started to look at it, and I realized in that moment that actually the marriage of self to self is the one that determines the health and well-being of the other two marriages. In other words, if your relationship with yourself is not in balance, is not healthy, then it's very hard to be in a healthy, fulfilling marriage with someone else or to be even in a good relationship to your work. In fact, what often happens is we overwork and put all our eggs in that basket, so to speak, rather than um, cope with some of the challenges of um, caring for ourselves or addressing some of the relationship issues we may have. Um, so isn't that interesting? I think it is. And and I think it's the, I believe from my own experience and from the experience of many of the people I have worked with over these many years is that it is usually often the, the, the most neglected of the three marriages. And as you say, it's also the, the most important one, because without this relationship to self, which is a movable kind of relation, an ever-changing kind of relationship, um, without that that base, we do not have the capacity to bring ourselves to other. Um, we're not resilient enough to be able to to we go back into the work, to the balancing act um, that is such a struggle. Yes. So, you know, I know that you and I thought that we'd like to today introduce that three marriages concept to people and, you know, could think of it about it as three relationships, if that's more comfortable for you. And we want you to assess what your 2012 was like by thinking about how did I do in 2012 at establishing and, and sustaining healthy relationships, relationship of self to self, self to other and self to my work. And so, you know, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we want to dig a little deeper there and think about how using the three marriages concept could be a really great way of taking stock of where we are right now. Um, How does that sound to you, Betty? Sounds like a perfect plan. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. 
Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back again. This is Kate Ebner, and I'm talking with my guest and friend, Betty George. We're talking about ringing out a year and ringing in a new year, and we're introducing some new ideas to you this year. We've been talking before the break about the concept of the three marriages, the marriage of self to self, marriage of self to other. And of course, once you've really reflected on that in terms of your significant other, you can expand that to think about others, you know, that circle of family and friends beyond the one primary relationship. For those who don't feel like you have somebody in that marriage of self to other spot. You might reflect on the the picture of um, how you're doing at creating uh, the conditions that might lead to that if it's something that you would like. Um, you might think about relation of self to other in terms of a very close friendship that matters a lot to you. So it doesn't have to be sort of the traditional um, sense of, of what a marriage is. Um, and then, of course, the marriage of self to work. And, you know, I, we know as leadership coaches that many of us are really committed to our marriage of self to work. We are really married to our work, um, and this has consequences for the other marriages. So as we reflect on 2012, Betty and I would like to invite you to take a big step back and maybe consider, and this could be a writing exercise, a good way to do this might be to just get out some blank paper and ask yourself these questions and then you can just write down the answers. We will put the questions I'm about to give you in our newsletter this week. So if you're someone who's listening and you want, you're not writing fast enough, don't worry. Um, just go to the Nebo Company website. That's, um, nebocompany.com and you can sign up for our visionary leader newsletter and you'll have access to these questions. Um, so. Betty, shall I go ahead and give those questions? Do you have yeah. anything else you want to say? Okay. No, let's do that. Okay. So you could begin by asking yourself, okay, in 2012, what has been the overall health of each marriage? Give yourself a little time to reflect and think about it. And I'm specifically using that word health. How healthy is that marriage? And I think just from having done this myself that you instantly have some thoughts about that, most likely. Um, so question number two might be a question to sort of acknowledge uh, what's, what's true. So the question is, how have I taken care of my relationship with myself? How have I taken care of my relationship with my significant other? How have I taken care of my relationship to my work? So thinking a little bit more about um, the approach. You know, maybe this is a year where you, you got 
into you know physical fitness you got healthier or maybe this is a year where you really addressed the issue of um, maybe not getting enough sleep um, so what did you do in 2012 that really helped take care of your relationships you know that's the next question for you to reflect upon um, and give yourself credit for this right we're all working all the time to make progress so surely there's some things there that you can celebrate um, here's another question what have I neglected in my three marriages? What have I neglected in taking care of myself? What have I re- re- neglected in my relationship with my significant other? What have I neglected in my relationship with my work? This is a moment of truth, and it's whatever the answer is, it's okay. It's behind us. Let's just call it out and take a look. Um, was I overcommitted to any one of these marriages um, such that I wasn't paying, you know, sort of a more balanced, you know, view, you know, looking, as Betty said, at the interconnectedness of the three? Was I overinvested any place? Is there anything I'd like to shift about that as I reflect back on it? Um, what is the most important lesson or insight, perhaps, that I can offer myself as I look back and contemplate my approach in 2012 in each of these three marriages. So what is my, what did I learn from each marriage? And finally, I think, what did, what am I proud of? You know, what is it about each of these marriages that I made headway and what, what can I celebrate? Because as we know, ringing out the year, we want to honor and reflect on the positive as well as the, the, reluctant truths of our lives. Um, Betty, is there anything I'm missing, you think, as we're talking about this? I don't think so. I think I think the framework is so interesting and uh, requires... I, I, my, my advice to people is to be with these questions. Uh, really take some time to reflect. Um, it's a, it, For many of us, I think it's a different uh, new uh, way of viewing our... Our, our lives and looking back over our year that can be rich in discovery. Yeah, I think that's a good a good thought. You know, maybe that the answers kind of unfold as you allow yourself to contemplate them. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe you work on it a little bit and then come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think these last few weeks of the year are the perfect time to be doing some of that. Um, it could be also that you take the questions and have a conversation um, over a cup of coffee or something with a friend and actually take turns talking about them. You know, the main thing is to give yourself the space to really think about where you are and where you've been in this particular year. And then, of course, we begin to shift into thinking about the future. And so based on what you learned from this year, what might you like to change or put in place for yourself in the new year? And I think that maybe that can be our our closing question for this exercise. Um this is a this is a you know something to play with. If you'd like to really learn more about the framework, we recommend that you go ahead and take a look at David White's Three Marriages book. It's very interesting, and I think there's probably a lot of depth there that you might enjoy. Um, so once you've done this, right, you can consider maybe that you've officially rung out 2012. You now know <laughs> you know where you stand, and maybe you've been able to think about. Um, your life in 2012, not only in context of these three marriages, but maybe there's also a relationship with the larger world to go back to that point we made earlier about con- the larger context. And you know, maybe you want to think about given 
given how I did in each of these three marriages, what does it mean for me in my relationship to the world? So I'm giving you, I guess, one more question. Um, Betty, as we turn our attention to looking into the future, um, you used a word earlier, resilience, and really talked about sort of especially in a time of uncertainty and a time of, of uh, some suffering and some um, you know hope but also fear that it might be an important thing to cultivate resilience going into the new year. Um, is this a good time for us to talk about how to do that and how that might connect to our intention? Absolutely. This And this is such a core piece of the work that Kate and I have done for many of years, uh, this idea of resili- resilience as opposed to balance and resilience in the four domains of the mind, body, emotion, and spirit. So I think it's a... It's exactly the place to to move at this point, Kay. Okay. So, for everybody listening, right now, let's assume that you have done the three marriages reflection and you have a really good sense of um, where you are and what's how you've moved in 2012. Now, we want you to, to begin to think about um, setting an intention for the new year. And uh, Betty and I realized at one moment that we both were thinking the same way and that we wanted to take another framework and really look at this framework of the four domains of the self, mind, body, spirit, and emotion, and do some intention setting around that. Um, so before we move too much into that, I want to also point out that we have naturally moved into the marriage of self to self as the starting point for setting an intention for 2013. So when we say self, we mean mind, body, spirit, emotion, and also this concept of center, kind of a centering point that grounds you and gives you that inner peace and inner balance that we're talking about. So we're going to let go of the other two marriages for the moment, and we're going to focus on how to use the four domains to create more wholeness and well-being within yourself. So, Betty, why don't you explain each domain and how they work together? Well, most of us live in the domain of the mind, right? That's where we spend most of our time, and that's the story that we're telling each ourselves about what's going on uh, in our lives at any given moment. It's the way we make meaning of the of the present and of the past. It's our thoughts, our beliefs, our ideas. The emotion, obviously, are the feelings and the moods that are are with us at all times, um, which are triggered by our thoughts and our beliefs, our story. Emotion also relates to, uh, refers to the connection we have with others. Uh, body clearly is our physical body, our health, our energy level. Um, and spirit is, it's, the way I look at spirit is it's, it's kind of my essence and it's the way I'm connected to something larger than myself. Uh, it's my deep values, my higher purpose. Uh, and what nourishes me from uh, the higher power that I, that exists in the world, and however, I, how, whatever way I define that. Thank you. I think that's a that, that's really helpful to hear you just talk about each of the four domains. And what we know from the work we do as coaches, and from the um, the study that we do to become coaches, that these four domains are always dynamic. They're in a dynamic relationship with each other. In other words, you could be 
very congested in the domain of the mind because you're working so hard and thinking so much, right? And completely ignoring the domain of the body. You might be sick, but sort of pretending that you're not because you have things to do, right? So well-being is about creating a healthy flow and balance between the four domains. And so it's all, it's about paying attention to all four of them simultaneously in order to create optimal conditions for health and well-being. Um, would you add anything to that, Betty? Well, I think it, it you know, it requires a, a, a keen awareness on our part to, to, of what it feels like when we are centered, when we are strong and at our, at our most energetic. And when we can identify what that feels like, then we can catch ourselves when we are off with more readily. Um, so, so that's the way I like to think about it. I think it's getting really, really clear about what it is to be uh, strong and strong in body, clear in mind, uh, completely connected to our emotional state, and connected to something larger than ourselves. What does that look like? What does it feel like? And how do I pull myself back to that when I'm when I'm off? That's right. So you kind of need to know, you know, when. When I'm at my best, what's present? What are the conditions that really allow me to flourish? And what triggers me and throws me off of my inner balance and gets me, you know, over, overly active or underactive in one of these four domains? And so you're learning about yourself. There's an enormous amount of awareness that begins to develop by paying attention to, to your life. Um, I'll give you just a little illustration of this because I know we're introducing a big idea. But I remember when I first started to work with this, I was thinking about the domain of spirit. And I thought, you know, when I had just gone to see some art at a museum. It was beautiful. And I also had heard live music. And I discovered that seeing beauty and hearing music just elevated my mood and my spirit and my energy. And I thought it was a particularly challenging time in my life. My intention was... I'm going to see one live music musical event a month this year. And I actually did that. And I can tell you that it, it was uplifting, which is how we sometimes talk about the condition of the spirit. That was a source of inspiration for me. You know, so as we're setting an intention in each domain, we might think about what do I want to make sure is available to me or that I'm doing in order to um, put, give myself the optimal nourishment and well-being. Um, so I know we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, Betty, I think we want to maybe give some examples of how to use the four domains and really support your relationship of self to self. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. All right. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. My guest is Betty George, and we'll be right back. up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. 
With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate, and we have been talking about ringing out 2012, ringing in 2013, and doing this with some new ideas that Betty George and I have been introducing this morning. We want to talk a little bit more about how to use the relationship of self to self, the marriage of self to self as a focal point for setting an intention for 2013, because this relationship is the anchor to well-being in all the other aspects of your life. And we've introduced you to the four domains. So we think of the self not as just sort of a mind that's carried around um, by the body, but actually as mind, body, spirit, and emotion. And so those four domains give us an, an understanding of uh, the interrelatedness of our, our whole being and the fact that when we think about our well-being, we need to actually pay attention to all four. So, Betty, I know we don't have too much time left, and we wanted to give an example of how to use the four domains. What do you recommend we do? Well, I think it would be, why don't I coach you uh, to establish, to help you establish an intention for, for yourself in each of the four domains. Would that work for you? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. So here we go. So, so Kate, talk to me about your uh, intention for this coming year in terms of your uh, the body, the physical. Okay. So in the domain of the body... Um, you know, my intention is, Betty, to move. Let me just say mm. it like that. Mm. I spend far too much time sitting down. I feel like I need to get moving in the body <laughs> this year, and that um, that would be good for me, I think, in, in terms of emotion and spirit as well. So I would like to walk um, at least five days a week um, for at least 30 minutes a day. That's my uh, aspiration, and it's okay. very specific. But I, I think the big idea is to move and to spend less time sitting down. Okay. That's clear and, and precise. And I, as your coach and friend, might hold you to that. <laughs> as I'm walking to your house. <laughs> so, Kate, in the domain of uh, emotion, 
what how are you going to be what are you going to be intending for yourself in terms of feelings and mood mm. well i think um in the domain of emotion i'd like to be uh aware of my my mood and how it particularly at home i think you know i think i kind of you kind of let let down when you come home from work and i think that's a place where i'd like to pay attention to the mood i'm bringing and how it's affecting the people around me and i'd like to also pay attention um i've noticed lately that i've i've been moving really fast and it would be good for me to to pay better attention to the actual feelings that i'm feeling so that i can uh notice the choices i'm making so i want just want i want to bring much more awareness to the domain of emotion and specifically i'd like to notice my mood and how it's affecting my family wonderful so you know one of as your coach i'm writing down what you're saying so this to our to our listeners i might suggest that it would be really helpful to sit with someone and let them write down as you speak, and then you can uh, be, help the, the the person that you're speaking with be uh, more mindful as the year progresses. So, what about in the domain of the of the mind? So, what is what are you thinking in terms of an intention? Well, I. Um... I want to get my thoughts in writing this year. I really have an intention to write a book about uh, creating and living vision. And this is the year I'd like to tr- take my thoughts and kind of get them out of my head and out of my workshops and into something that more people can use. And um, I, I'd like to, I, I really, I guess, so my intention is to write a book proposal a successful book proposal this year, Betty. Oh, that's so exciting. Thank you. I, I, yes, and this is the year. I'm, I'm certain of it, Kate. And then the, the domain of spirit, Kate. So how does, how does this work for you? It, to me, that the, the domain of spirit is sort of pulls it all together in some, some way. So what is your intention in terms of nurturing your spirit? I think the walking will help, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess in the domain of spirit, um, you know, creativity is being creative, you know, is important. And I find when I have space in my life to pause and sketch or listen to live music or whatever it is. So I, I want to, I guess my intention is to make time for more creative space in my life. And that will probably help me get that book proposal written too. So I want that time to happen every week. Well, this is, so you've been really specific. And I know, I I'm surprising using, myself. <laughs> I think using the four domains does give uh, us a way to, to add specificity to our, to our intentions. And, uh, I think the, the, to, to be monitoring yourself as you move through with ease, Kate, um, walking and listening to music and being creative and slowing down, Paying attention to mood, this is quite a, an you know an all encompassing self to to self kind of commitment, marriage to self commitment. That sounds really quite powerful. It does. I mean, I'm kind of trying to step back from it and say, I guess my big intention is to really connect 
with my whole life, mm. mind, body, spirit, and emotions. Mm-hmm. I guess now I'm using your intention from last year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Connect your whole life. Good. Yes. Yes. So thank you for taking me through yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I hope <laughs> I'm putting this out there to everyone listening. I hope if you're listening that you know that this is for the sake of an example. And I actually do mean what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, we'll, we will we will let you know somehow how this goes. And Betty, I will give you the gift of the same exercise when we're next time together because I want to make sure we go into this together. How does that yes. sound? It, it, there's great power in doing this together and hearing each other and honoring each other and holding each other uh, accountable at times as well. Thank you. You know, we're toward the end, Betty. Um, we started off talking about context and putting our intentions in the in the context of the world. And I know that you and I coming out of the Institute launch were really moved by Margaret Wheatley and her talk about um, an invitation really for us to see ourselves as warriors for compassion and bravery in a world that can be really challenging and uncertain. And I know her idea was inviting us to be sort of islands of sanity, whereas her language. And I, I feel that, you know, if I can live this intention, I just said, I, I feel I can be an island of sanity. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to just connect to that for a moment. Is there anything you'd like to close with? Well, that's really my intention for the year is to be an island of, of sanity. The words were so compelling and speak to me so to my, to my heart and my spirit. I have come to realize that I can't fix the world, though there was a time in my life when I thought I could have a tremendous amount of influence. I'm not sure I, I have in, in quite the same way, but I can, I can mend the part of the world that I reach and be an island of sanity as long as I can, as I can uh, be in my own best place, my own center. I can be an island of sanity for others. Uh, in this, in this, I have a responsibility, really, I think, to be that. And that is, uh, what I hope to be able to do, a calm, safe space for my, my husband, my, and me, for my family, for my clients. Um, Thank you. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, I, I'm, we're going to actually put a link to, uh, Meg Wheatley's talk from that conference in our newsletter this week for those who'd like to, to, hear her it was about 20 minutes and it was well worth listening to in closing betty we have probably 30 to 45 seconds but go ahead and share what i know you brought i have a poem uh from david white that one of my favorites calls sometimes sometimes if you move carefully through the forest breathing like the ones in the old stories who could cross a shimmering bed of leaves without a sound you come to a place whose only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening request. Conceived out of nowhere, but in this place, beginning to lead everywhere. Request to stop what you are doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can make or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. Questions that have no right to go away. Thank you, Betty, and thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Kate. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com 
for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.